Sport. It's your passion. It's your obsession. You want fixtures and form? Know it all with the Sporting Life Podcast. Hello, welcome to our Manchester United special as we react to all the goings-on at Old Trafford over the last couple of days and the goings-on that will have to happen in the future because we don't know their new full-time manager. I'm Gareth alongside George, Billy and Dom from the Sporting Life team and in this podcast we're going to obviously talk about Mourinho's exit, uh, this interesting tactics of an interim manager before a full-time manager is appointed, if Solskjaer is the right man to be the caretaker boss, who's going to be the full-time boss? That's the big burning question. I suppose the issue of is there going to be more changes uh, than just the manager needing to happen to Old Trafford to try and get them back to where they want to be. What's next, Mourinho? We'll have a few decent betting angles as well if you uh, want to uh, uh, get your paws into that. So, gentlemen, should we start at the beginning or do we start with Solskjaer? Let's start at the beginning. Mourinho, yes or no to going? Dom? Um... I, I think it's a bit of a mistake. I mean, Mourinho's pedigree speaks for itself. The issue, I think, is quite clear, and it's it's coming from the top. They're not football men. They're they're, they're financial men, bankers who are controlling the club, and and experience tells you that that just doesn't work out for for a football club. I think maybe there was a clash of egos there. Um, Mourinho clearly clashing with not only. Ed Woodward, but but players as well, players that have egos. I'm talking about Pogba here uh, specifically. So I think that's the problem. I, I really don't think Mourinho's the problem. I, I, I think despite the fact he's spent all that money and and maybe spent it poorly, I, I really think that he's just too good for them. And, and I know that, that that's a really? bold statement, but 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 what what I, what I mean is that his tactics, his way of winning, the 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 philosophy that he imposes on a squad is too good for Manchester United it, or for the current crop of players I mean his, uh, his methods don't seem to work anymore if you look at Guardiola and Pochettino and Klopp they all put their arms around the modern day player and he doesn't do it and it just doesn't seem to work with his players in the day and age and it's, the writing's been on the wall since the summer so I think the timing of it's pretty bad but I think the fact that he's left is probably the right decision as well maybe my problem is with the modern day footballer that they need to be mollycoddled and that, and and I don't agree with that. And I I think Mourinho's a better man, a better manager. I mean, his pedigree, as I said, speaks for itself. I, I, I'm kind of in the middle of these two because I, I agree there's more problems at Old Trafford than just who the manager is, and we'll get onto that later on. But equally, Billy. Once the manager is falling out with players and has lost the dressing room, for me that's always the case. However good he is, whatever his pedigree is, once the players stop playing for him, which seemed to be the case there, then I think he's got to go whatever the other issue. So I'd say it's probably right for him to go. But where do you I, stand I on that? I think it's a bit of a down, downhill spiral once the, the players are starting to fall out with the coach and vice versa, that sort of thing. I can clearly see the reason as to why he's left the post and why he's been sacked. However, linking to what Dom said... I do agree there is this need for the modern footballer to be sort of like held and nurtured almost, whereas you'd never get that. You'd never get that. But um, what I do think is the fact that this has been an underlying theme with Mourinho in the past, especially with Chelsea as well. So. I can see the reasons and the cracks starting to show in his managerial career. He's lost his spark, hasn't he, from when he first came, at, the first time he came to Chelsea and the special one and all that, but he had a charm with the arrogance, didn't mm. he? And now he's just, maybe some of the experiences he had in Spain and Italy. <laughs> and miserable. Just, and just, yeah, just miserable. I think he's lost that spark and it doesn't, 
he's lost that charm and maybe he's just been it's beaten down by the system it's almost no, sorry, Billy, it's almost like he doesn't seem to be enjoying what he's doing anymore um, and obviously the enjoyment does come res with results mm. it's becoming poisonous at the club as well wasn't it yeah there's obviously going back to what you said George there, there is the, f the fact is that he clashes with modern football I think so maybe that's why he's lost that special one because football over the last few years has developed into a more mollycoddled world and where where players really dictate not only what goes on on the pitch but also what's going on behind the scenes as well and and managers are often held to ransom um, by players because like I said if you lose a dressing room what are you going to do get rid of the entire playing staff and, and replace them all that's not going to happen so the manager is forever on the losing foot but those problems are much deeper and much more complicated than just Mourinho not getting the best out of the players and, and, it, and it comes from the top and I think that's the real issue at Manchester United Yeah you talk about that as well and apparently Ed Woodward actually went to the players on Monday and he asked what they thought about obviously it wasn't a great timing after the Liverpool defeat but he asked what their thoughts was on the situation and that ultimately cost Mourinho his job because he's lost a few of the players and once you lose like we saw that with him at Real Madrid as well like Sergio Ramos Marcelo Casillas that was the start of it at Real Madrid and it's kind of happened the same again. He's kind of come like your granddad, hasn't he? And kind of gone, it was very mad here. Yeah, he doesn't suffer fools gladly. Yeah, that's it now. Yeah, he's just lost all that kind of, I do not suffer fools anymore. And he just says it how it is. It's like, oh, you need to be a little bit more sensitive, granddad. Can't say that. And he's a yeah. bit like that now. Well, he doesn't agree with it and his arrogance means that yeah. he won't he won't bend to it. He won't. Yeah. He won't kneel to, to the players. He's literally like, do it my way, do it the old-fashioned way, do it the way where I've won Premier League yeah. titles. And and he's also got this this horrible trait where if he's backed into a corner, his arrogance really like fires up. Like when the the media were pressing him and he walks out of the media room holding up three fingers like three Premier Leagues. Who's won three Premier Leagues? Me, not you. It's the us against them sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, Do you yeah. think he will get another job in the Premier League? I don't think it. I don't think in the Premier League. No, no. no. I don't know if he'd want to. I, I think he probably needs a break, and he's got a big enough reputation to walk away for a while and then go back in. But it's just—I mean—he's done all the leagues, and he? he's done all the big teams. Yeah, so that's, that's like twenty-four million reasons why for. as well. He's conquered—he's oh, yeah. conquered Italy, Spain, and England, and he's not the only manager to have failed at Manchester United since yeah. Alex Ferguson left. I know Alex Ferguson cast a massive shadow at Manchester United, but they're still—they're still the biggest, or one of the biggest clubs in England, and big big managers have failed there. Um, Moyes—he was. By all accounts, Alex Ferguson's selection should have done well there, but again, I feel like there was two. Like maybe people thought Moyes wasn't big enough for Manchester United. Maybe the players thought they were bigger than Moyes, so that didn't work out. And then there was Van Gaal, that didn't work out. Again, another manager who's proven elsewhere. So for me, th there's something wrong at Manchester United. I I also think there is room for sympathy um, in regards to the Mourinho situation because, like, oh, certainly over the last couple of years, it's becoming more common for players not to be playing for the manager for one reason or another. I mean, if you look at Conte's post-winning season and Ranieri's post-winning season, they both strike similar um, similarities, so to speak. And it, subsequently, both of them lost the job because of the performances on the pitch. So, so we go to the interim manager now. And, and for me, this, I mean, it could be genius by the time when we ever see who the full-time manager is and what they go on to achieve this might be a crucial very clever moment but for me this kind of sums up Manchester United a bit of the mess they are in something that would never happen before that they announced Carrick 
for a, a day or so. Then they say they're getting someone external that's basically on an, an on loan manager to then appoint someone full time in the summer. So it's now a wasted season. Plus, then they accidentally announce it last night and take it off their website. I mean, this is not Manchester United, one of the, regardless on the pitch, still one of the best and biggest clubs in world football. And, and it just sums up the mess for me. Do, do you guys see the logic in this interim manager? No, and all absolutely this? not. I, th- I think. I think this is the decisions of, of one man who's making it up as he goes along, basically. I think um, that even bothering to mention that they've appointed Carrick as a, as a manager for two days is, is a bizarre thing. And then to go down the route of bringing in Solskjaer, who, as far as I can see, the only benefit of that is that he's a, he's, a, he's a club legend and he might be good for morale amongst the fans but I'm sure even Manchester United fans must be thinking what I, I've got absolutely no idea why we've appointed this guy I mean his, his win percentage in the Premier League is something like 16.7% I think he did managed 18 matches with Cardiff and, and only won three uh, lost lost 12 and, and granted he's, he's, he's inheriting some better players at Manchester United and, and that squad is arguably going to be better than Cardiff but come on uh, uh, he's, he's literally been handed the keys to one of the biggest clubs in the country, and and he's a manager with little experience of actually winning in this country. Yeah, I other than as a player, I agree with that. If you take out the fact that he's a Manchester United legend, then you're looking at him as a player, a manager who's won a few things in in Norway. He struggled in the Premier League. Oh, come on, mate, that doesn't count. <laughs> oh. exactly, that, that's what I'm saying. So if you take Got away the whole country against you, yeah. all done. <laughs> and take away the fact that he is a legend and it's an absolutely crazy appointment and if, if you said that to us last week that he'd be the Manchester United interim manager I think you'd have just laughed what would the well, you said he was 50 to 1 didn't you um, that, that was just yesterday, yesterday. When, yeah, when the job came up so. and then it just suddenly shortened and then it's it, it like making decisions and I've Ed Woodward probably going like right I just need something for the fans to like me and actually getting all these people in and, and feel you know getting all the ex-people in and feeling obviously we know he's a very experienced coach under Ferguson and done an awful lot and an ex-Man U player so I think that is a clever move to have someone that experienced in uh, with him and that might help but it is a bit like Billy I just, just like me look I've got the fact you know it's, it's, it's just to me it seems sway. it seems like a lose-lose situation almost with um, sort of like like you said earlier like an on-loan manager sort of thing because if, if that doesn't work out for Solskjaer then I don't know where he's going to go after um, on the flip side of that in, in all honesty, I mean, it, it could it could really work um, and prove dividends for Man United and the Man United supporters. It could build morale. They could start picking up results. I mean, who knows what can happen? Normally, you see like an upturn when there's a new manager, especially someone as famous as Solskjaer as what were for Man United. But um, with the little experience he's got, combined with this sort of like till the end of the season business. I don't really know how it can benefit Man United. Obviously, it gives them the time to look and search for a new manager, which could potentially be more long-term. But it, it just seems, like you said, an absolute mess at the minute at Old Trafford. It's another, wasted, wa- another wasted season, I think, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. now they're just kind of uh, writing off the rest of this season, That's trying true. to see them through them. They get a new manager in, and he's not exactly going to get success straight away. That's going to take another year or so. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Because normally this sort of thing happens when a team's fighting relegation. And, and they'll bring big Sam in and they're like right Sam keep us up and then we'll have a look at next season that's that's it's weird isn't it why is that happening at Manchester United so you think they should have brought in big Sam yeah you did big say Sam yesterday, keep right? him up well Harry's <laughs> just come out of the jungle you know might still be there as it's, well but I mean the, the thing is they're sick 
26 points. Chelsea in fourth, 37 points. So 11 point gap. I mean, Champions League's not going to help them. So again, I mean, we'll get on to who's going to be the full time manager, but it is a case of that's probably, you say, lose, lose, Billy. What can he do? Yeah, he can build them up. I mean, it would take an incredible run for them to finish top four now. So really, sixth is the best he can do. So maybe it is a case of I was just, um, let him take on. the rubbish. Yeah. Maybe that's a case of actually throw him under a bus a little bit because. If you have Zidane or Pochino coming for half a season and yeah. doesn't achieve much, then all of a sudden he's scarred for next season. So maybe there's an element of protecting the next man because they know this season really is just going to be a complete failure, whatever happens. I'm just going to say, backing on to what George said regarding a wasted season, I mean, don't get me wrong, but it, it was already looking as if it was going to be a wasted season with Mourinho in charge anyway, so I suppose... But they might as well have kept him. They might as well have just kept him in the job. They could have, yeah, they could have kept him till the end of the season. They must have been a row or something. It must have, must have been just it's probably that toxic toxic match, I, th- I think back to what Gaz was saying, you, you're right, because how, how difficult must it be to attract somebody like Zidane or a, or a top-class manager when your team's on a downward spiral, they're, they're not in, in the greatest form. It's your first job when you come in as a manager. Then is to is to boost morale, is to pick the team up and get results immediately. Because if you don't, the, the you know morale just doesn't it doesn't pick up quickly enough, and, and that's what they need. And I think what Manchester United have done in bringing Solskjaer in is think we've got to get the fans on side. This is a potential morale booster, and and they've they've chosen that over actual tactical now. And there, and there is always that. What if, like, what if Solskjaer comes in and then they don't lose again all season? Well, that could that could happen. You say that about the uh, the morale. Well, if you look at their the first home game under Solskjaer, it's against Huddersfield, and if that was goalless under Mourinho, there'd no, no doubt be booze. But now, if Solskjaer gets a goalless draw against Huddersfield, I think they're going to all get behind him and kind of try and get that momentum. I don't yeah, know anyway, that's going to be a goalless draw. But there's a there's a. If, if, with with managers, you're always judging them on their past results, aren't you? So, like with Mourinho, if you get a nil-nil against Huddersfield on the back of previous results, you're going to think, "Oh well, he's lost. He's, he's lost it. Here. He's not making any changes. He's, he's almost not. coming in like a clean slate." Yeah. Then. Whereas with Solskjaer, it's a fresh start. You get a nil-nil at Huddersfield. That's a potential banana skin, and and he's he's solidified them and, and got the nil-nil. Move on to the next. One. Visit SportingLife.com and log in for free to become an insider. There, you can unlock loads of exclusive features including unlimited video replays, tips and previews, live score update notifications, betting offers and more. Look at the next five games and from a betting point of view this is quite an interesting one. First five games in charge, Cardiff away against his old club, Man- uh, Huddersfield at home, Bournemouth at home, Newcastle away, Reading at home in the FA Cup. Um, they are all very, very winnable games, and he could get off to that flying start. Then everything changes. That's sometimes what you need as well, because um, obviously I think it's January. They play PSG twice, uh, Manchester City, Arsenal, and Liverpool. So that could be the start that propels them into January, almost into the new year, with a clean mind and four or five wins out of those five games. So I, I can't think off the top of my head. Can you on on, on the odds on that? Yeah, it was 9-2 to two with Skyvet to uh, win his first five games in charge, which I think that's a really good bet, because if you look at those as uh, maybe Bournemouth out of the top half teams. I I, th- I think, and I can't believe I'm, I'm even comparing Manchester United this season to West Brom last season, but I think there's going to be a similar sort of Darren Moore situation where Solskjaer comes in, does quite well early on, but then things settle down a bit and things just 
become a little bit more average. If you go to sportinglife.com right now, one of the many articles we've got on Manchester United at the moment is is kind of the the in-tray, the to-do list for Solskjaer, five things to look at. Um, United front is one of them, getting a divided dressing room and trouble dressing room back together, getting like um, uh, Alexis Sanchez back on side, obviously getting them to actually attack and score goals. But on the United front one and uniting everyone, and we know Pogba put up that tweet yesterday, um, I was listening to Dean Saunders on, on Talk Sports earlier, and he said, I think he'll get, the players will give him three games because he's an interim manager. They'll see who he picks in the first game, see if then he changes things around for the second game, see if they get results or not. And the players that aren't involved in those couple of those first three games will say, oh, well, I don't need to respect you, I don't need to work for you because you're an interim manager. So actually, and it's a lost season. Um, it's like substitute so, teacher. So, so, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so switch off. I'll just down tools. No You're not playing me, so I'll just earn my money and I already dislike you. So does it actually make it much harder being an interim manager to gain that respect and sort those players out? Because it's a bit like a lame duck president, isn't he? He can't, ultimately, he doesn't have that much power. But that, again, is a symptom of modern-day football. I mean, who do these players think they are? Like, you don't get picked and you just take your bat and ball I mean, you're getting You're getting paid. Like it's not, you, you're not doing it for free. You're not a volunteer who's getting upset because you're not getting a look in. You're getting paid quite handsomely. Uh, one of the most famous football clubs ever to have played the game. You know, get get over yourself. This is what really upsets me about Pogba. Is that who who does he think he is? If he's out of form and he's not getting picked, then play better do better don't start getting arrogant and start tweeting subliminal messages or indirect messages at your manager I mean what what the hell is the problem with but, but, but that's the came down to the problem we ran a vote didn't we who would go first Pogba or, or Mourinho and that's been a discussion all season ultimately going back to what you said at the start of this podcast Dom he, he's worth financially more to the club than any other player or the boss and, and that's one of the reasons why they're trying to keep him on board and keep him happy mm. for shirt sales and, and rights images because it earns so much every year for them that that He's actually worth more, even if he's sitting on a bench and not playing, than he is actually if he helps Man U actually win something. What a mess. It's, yeah, I think he's a, he's a guaranteed starter on uh, Saturday as well, isn't he? I think a big move by Solskjaer would be to get him as one of the players that's on his side. And this interim manager thing, it's, uh, it's a modern thing of the past. Uh, it's a modern, uh, bizarre decision, isn't it? Like Chelsea, they've done it twice with Gus Hiddink. Sure. And we talk about motivation. Like Gus Hiddink, he did pretty well in both his times there, didn't he? Benitez so, as well at Chelsea. Yeah. And that shows that these players, even though it is that it, the interim phase, they can still get motivated to play under them. He, yeah. though, was, those were better managers and more experienced managers than, than a Solskjaer. Maybe we're doing him down, and I think what part of it is, again, he still looks baby-faced, doesn't he? And I think a lot of that is you can't imagine him going in there and actually being a disciplinarian and really taking it. We might know he might be an absolute nasty piece of work that is really hard in the dressing rooms. We don't know, do we? We're just sure. judging a book by its cover to some extent. Because do you think they're trying to recapture that 90s? Because Gaz, you yeah. and I, not these two children that are sitting next to us, no. but you, you and I will remember like the Manchester United who were yeah. representing England in Europe almost. They were un an unbelievable side. Mm. Alex Ferguson had one of the best football insides ever to yeah. play the game. And now it's a complete mess. I mean, it's not the same Manchester United. You don't, you don't. They don't look the same. They don't, you don't get the same feeling from them. There's no pride like there was in Manchester United. All you get from them at the minute is worry, arrogance from from certain players when they play matches. There's no. You don't. It's not like it used to be where Manchester United were guaranteed to win, and if they lost, it was a surprise. If they lose now, you think it's just a symptom of yeah. the squad they've put together. Four hundred million down the Swanee. You'd never have had that. And I think that by bringing Solskjaer back in, that they feel like they want to try and reconnect the fans with the Manchester United of old, which is massively important these days. Like, if there's discontent in the stands, 
it massively affects the players. And I think that by bringing in a taste of the 90s, I mean, they might as well have brought Rakeem back. He would have been all right. Nice, outspoken player. Well, oh, I, I joke yesterday bringing him and Martin O'Neill in because it was so successful at, uh, <laughs> at Republic of Ireland. But he would, he, he would sort um, he would think, sort them out. I think there, he'd sort he? the discipline issue out yeah, most but definitely. He, but he would be even more divisive than Blimmin. Oh, Mourinho, yeah, he, he is one he? manager that would probably come in and clear the decks and he'd be yeah, like, right, in January yeah. we need 22 new yeah, players. Yeah. Because he, of that he, he, is, he is not someone that should be anywhere near coaching whatsoever because he, again, does not get it. That's why he was such a mess at Republic of Ireland. I hope you never bump into him. No, I don't. I think, take him. I think there is room for the interim, man, interim manager uh, to work within the game. But going back to what you said a while back now, I just think similar to the way that an interim manager might not be able to capture his players so well as a normal manager would, but you always have that risk with a new manager coming to, into a new manager coming into a club and having the same effect on his players. If certain ones aren't sure. getting picked, there's always license for them to go and turn the backs or You're right, it's do the squ- whatever they have behind. It's, I don't think it's necessarily the managers at the moment. In it's modern football, I think it's all down to the players and what attitude they have and what head they have on. It's, it's not a squad that an interim manager... Uh, sorry, it's, it's a squad that an interim manager could work with because there, there are fractions and, and there, are, there are big egos and stuff like that. I think that that's the perfect type of squad for somebody who's a temporary manager to work with because he could probably get the best out of those players over a short period of time. But if I was a permanent manager, for instance Zidane, that's not a squad I'd be wanting to take over. There's it's just not, too, they're, not, they're not good enough. Too much money's been spent. They're not good enough. Shifting them's not going to be easy. I'd want to bring in a fair few new players. It's the most wonderful time of the year, where dark fists are pumping and horses are jumping and football, my dear. But could it be better? Skybet's season of giving begins December 20th. Check the Skybet app to see which wonderful offer is available. Skybet, that's betting better. 18 plus begambleaware.org. Selected matches, markets and races. Available until January 3rd. Eligibility restrictions, T's and C's apply. So if we look then um, at who's going to be the next full-time manager, and with Skybet at the moment, the Manchester United manager to to, to be in charge of the first league game of next season because all these interim things you've got to get it right haven't you Oli Gunnar Solskjaer 5-2 Pochettino at Spurs 3-1 Zidane 3-1 currently a free agent Laurent Blanc who we thought was going to be the um, interim is 9-1 Conte 16-1 Simeone 16-1 Gareth Southgate 16-1 um, Arsene Wenger can you see him at Old Trafford 20-1 no way that's happening Hiddink 20-1 as well Michael Carrick 20-1 Eddie Howe 25-1 where are they going for the next manager? I mean, particularly considering for the Dan and like, who's been made his name really with their European success, they probably aren't going to have Champions League football next year. It'll be interesting to see kind of when Edward Wood starts to do the search because you'd think logically it means start the search now. But if Pochettino is not willing to start till the end of the season, does that mean he goes to Laurent Blanc or Zinedine, Zinedine Zidane, who's for a me, free agent? This, this is this is a wild pun, but they've done the big name manager thing that sort of ego's clearly not working with the squad they've got why not look at someone like Eddie Howe he's achieved great things at Bournemouth he's a fantastic upcoming English manager he's he's, he's very forward thinking his his tactics are spot on he's going to hit a ceiling though with Bournemouth where there's only so much you can do with the players that Bournemouth are able to to attract. Like Moyes did. I yeah. was just going to say. I, I, t- I, I think he'd be a great shout in a, in a similar mould to Alex Ferguson. I, I know that Fergie did really well at Aberdeen and getting the uh, winning the Champions League and stuff like that, but 
for me, Eddie Howe's just got something. He's, he's malleable. He's a manager that can learn the Manchester United way, that can get the, that can get the best out of all players, not just young, um, but those more experienced players as well. And for me, he's done enough to be a respected manager, to be respected by players. Whether they think the same is is another thing. Because the worst thing you can have is when a player thinks they're better than the manager or they know better than the manager. But I I, I like the idea of Eddie Howe at Manchester United. I think that would work if, again, they did a bit like a Moy situation and actually stuck to this time and said, we're going to give you four years regardless of what happens. Unless you get relegated, we'll give you four years so then the players know you are here. And actually, if you sign someone and becomes an, an idiot, then you can. You, we will let you move him on. He's got to have that power. Whoever's the next manager has to have that power, doesn't he? I think um, because, sorry, guys. I think because of what's happened between Alex Ferguson leaving and now, they wouldn't go for Eddie Howe, much no. as I like the idea. They, they don't have time to let somebody find their feet at the club. They need to find somebody who can come in and have a, an immediate impact. And that, that's not just on the pitch. It's, it's changing of playing staff. It's, it's being able to get the best out of them, and it needs to happen instantly. I think if they're going to go for Pochettino, though, he's um, obviously he's supposedly the, the favourite for you know Alex, Alex Ferguson. He's approved of it as well. And if they're going to go for him in the summer, they could be competing with Real Madrid again because... They've, they've had another yeah. club that's in turmoil. Instead of having an interim manager, they've got Salarian on a three-year deal. And we all know it's probably not going to last How many managers is summer. Alex Ferguson allowed to choose before people well, start uh, questioning he, his uh, judgment? You say the shadows over him. I mean, that's an interesting one as well with Pochettino because you say, if you put all the eggs in one basket and you say, I'm going to go for him, but you don't approach him to the summer and then it doesn't happen, then you're in chaos again. So you've got to get a deal done before the end of the season. But that, Tottenham aren't going to allow it's, that. And for Pochettino... If Madrid was available, he decides, look, I can't do any more with Spurs. He goes to Real Madrid and Spurs fans won't hold it against them on the whole. You go to Old Trafford and he's destroying a bit of legacy at Spurs because people will be bitter yeah. that you've been a bit of a traitor because you've gone to another English club, man you that everyone else hates in the league. Where Real Madrid, you go, it's Real Madrid. You know, we, we forgive you for going to Real Madrid because it is Madrid. I think on the, the Man United front, I think it's already a risk. I imagine, similar to what George said, that they're searching already for the manager that will be in charge the first game of the season but ideally I'm, I'm, I'm sure you'd agree George that their priority would be to get Maurizio Pochettino in um, and I think any, any Man United fan would happily accept Maurizio Pochettino but it's a risk because they may already be looking for Laurent Blanc or uh, Zinedine Zidane but if they don't get them to are they going to chance it and go for Maurizio Pochettino which could take plenty of time to discuss and evolve over the summer I mean do they have time to be doing that or do they need to get someone in ready for the first game well ready for the summer so they have a full summer ahead of them I think it would be a classic uh, Edward Wood things to do to leave it until later in the season and then they'll end up missing out on Pochettino and then kind of back to square one and planning the game but from Pochettino's point of view which like which job would you rather go to because Real Madrid's huge but it's got so much to do as well. The dressing room needs changing massively, but the same at Man United. So it's both similar situations. Just really, just to spend time in Tottenham's new stadium. Have you seen it? Well, that is, that's a new era. Just them. as they move in. Yeah. If he's if he's told we're new era, new stadium, and now there's money to spend because the stadium's sorted, then maybe he'd stay because he has got a bit. He just needs a few more additions for them to really challenge. I think they're not that far it's, behind everyone. It, it's kind of a case of like how many seasons do you give them before they do start challenging? Because it's it's been ongoing for two, three, four years now, our Spurs are going to challenge this year or, or yeah, they look, they're, they're a couple of players away. Similar to I know Eddie the new Howe, stadium hasn't helped. But 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 s- similar to Eddie Howe, I think he's hit a ceiling with the players he's got and, and Gazzy's right, he needs that 
that money yeah. or that backing and I'm not sure he's going to get the, it the one thing as well here we're forgetting Tottenham as it stands were a much better club than Manchester United they could be in the Champions League next year they're third at the moment Mourinho himself was saying the other week this is how it's changed Manchester United has to change its mentality in previous years any of Tottenham's best players Manchester United could pick up straight away Berbatov um, sharing on he goes we could t Manchester United just took and there's examples of it any of their best players mm -hmm. that we wanted now we can't do that I can't sign Harry Kane tomorrow I can't sign the goalkeeper Luis tomorrow because Tottenham don't need to sell us players they're better than us and actually if you're Pochettino you're going hang on I've got Tot a new stadium I've got, top I've got Tottenham in the Champions League next year so I'm going to go to a team that's going to be playing in maybe the Europa League at best and loads to sort out and I could be out of my ear after a year because I don't, Pogba's just the, the king there uh, I think we kind of forget that don't we we're a bit arrogant when it comes to Manchester United oh people obviously want to go there well maybe they won't they're just not the, they're just not, not the, the same club, club anymore they're, 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 they're just not as, yeah. not as attractive it's it, it's it's sad and 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 it's obviously not good for Manchester United fans but Tottenham have overtaken them you're and, right. and that's probably why they've been this interim thing before they could click their fingers and go I'm going to take you and you're coming and they'll just go now they don't have the power or maybe even the money to do that and just take someone um, Gary Neville quotes on sportinglife.com check out his article saying as Don pointed out they've tried the grounded manager in Moyes they've tried the great European manager in Van Gaal they've tried the man that's won multiple titles in multiple leagues Mourinho what they need now is someone that fits into the principles of Manchester United which none of those three ha have ever Sounds done like he's putting himself forward to yeah, the job yeah. for me. but play I don't think he'd do a half youth. a bad job at Man United, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But promote youth, play attacking football, and obviously win games, which those three managers it's, don't yeah. do the first two of those things. And everyone knew that, which again comes back to why they appointed the wrong people in the first place. So who is the... I mean, Pochino is probably the man to do that. That's what Gary Neville wants. But who else would do that? Well, I, I think the first big appointment for them is, and what they're looking at is um, a director of football or sporting director yeah. who arranges all the transfers. And that would be first where they went wrong last year because... Marino wanted these a defender and they didn't get that. So if they've got a sporting director to do that, that takes it. He can work with the manager and it's which manager would work under that system. I think Conte, he's done that in the past at Juventus, so that might be a way in for him as a Premier League winning manager. Conte will be a bad I shout. This is happening. I hear this is happening to football where the manager isn't the one picking the players. It's a head he coach, might isn't it, write a, it's like writing a list to Santa saying, oh, "I won't mind something that's to do with computer games," and then getting an Atari. <laughs> where, like Mourinho's probably saying, "I want, um, I want a really cultured European centre back who's got experience," and then if someone brings Steve Bruce in or something like that. Like, why is the manager just writing down what he wants, but getting a player that's been picked by somebody else? Oh, I think that's very important that what George has said there because I'll just pick up on it because um, we've seen that they tried and ended up panicking in trying to sign I think it was four or five different centre-halves in the whole of the transfer window in the summer and I think they've conceded 29 goals in the Premier League this season I think that's the worst record mm -hmm. for some, some time I, don't, I can't remember what year it was um, 19 points behind uh, Liverpool it's the worst for about 45 years I think as well it's just it, they seem in a real, real pickle at the minute, but that lies with the director of football role as well because I think that would be so important for a team like Man United. If you get the fundamentals at the top right, then everything will start to run smoother at the bottom. Just quickly on that, mentioning some names there, actually, it, they talk about they want a fan's favourite and a legend in the club they've got. <coughs> Whatever you think of them, 
what Bruce and Hughes must be thinking, hang on, we are actually experienced managers. Okay, they haven't done great recently in their various jobs, but they have had success in the past at the top levels, something Solskjaer hasn't done. So you wonder actually like they're going, hang on, why weren't we going to be interim managers? We're more experienced, know, we're legends as well. So Paul Imagine Inter's if they brought Mark week. Hughes and Steve Bruce in as a managerial double act. Well, they should have done it. Oh, what are the odds on that? Find that as a special. Well, yeah, you would, it. You'd be scared of them in the dressing room, wouldn't you? And uh, that's what Paul Lynch was saying. And uh, when they were looking this week, he was saying th- they're the way they need to go. He said, we've all been sacked as managers, but they're, they're the men who can go in there and really kind of turn things not, around. Not a bad shout. He would sort it out a little bit more. Right, so let's just wrap up then. Full-time manager, who's it going to be? One name. It please. should be Pochettino, but I, I think it'll be another European manager that will come in. So I'm, I'm going to say Lauren Blanc. Okay. It should be Eddie Howe, but I'm going to go... I bet they go for Zidane. Yeah, that's the simplest one. Because Pochettino will turn them down. I think you're right, Pochettino's the one, but he'll turn them down. It's going to be Zidane. I might throw one in and say Conte, maybe. Maybe because he's bitter enough to how it ended at Chelsea to go into another club and think I can go and give Chelsea a black eye. Can't argue, he's very good with man-managing players, but can also be a disciplinarian when needed when we saw with Costa. Um, does he play the attacking football enough? It's a bit short term as well, isn't it? You saw how he can yeah. he can lose his players as well. Yeah, he's very yeah, temperamental. I, yeah. I absolutely hate the game now. What, what about Pochettino? Just just a, a manager who's so successful can can be like he tells one player off and he's lost the entire squad and yeah. that's it. Season's yeah. over. What if yeah. Pochettino goes to Man United and Eddie Howe to Spurs? That was in the papers today, maybe. That could be a shout as well. Get the double on that, Billy. Where are you going? I would go with. I was going to say Conte as well, but. I think I'm going to go throw a spanner in the works and I'm going to say Solskjaer is going to have a great end of the season and I think, who knows, if he does, he might keep his role there. Gents, many thanks for that. Hope you've enjoyed listening. Check out all of our Premier League and uh, EFL content and all the Manchester United uh, gossip on our website, sportinglife.com. Slash football. Please do follow us on social media. Our football channel is uh, Sporting Life FC, and the Facebook page is uh, Facebook.com/slash Sporting Life Official. Uh, we have, if you like your football chat, an EFL Championship podcast uh, every two weeks. The next one will be uh, in the new year as Noel Whelan uh, joins us for that. And every Friday we have our Best Bets podcast, previewing the weekend's football, racing, tennis, what, golf, whatever's going on, giving you our best bets for the weekend and for the latest markets on Manchester United and everything else and it's well worth a look there's some really interesting prices and really interesting offers there go to skybed.com thanks for listening thanks for listening to this Sporting Life football podcast for more visit sportinglife.com forward slash football and you can find us on social media at Sporting Life FC on Twitter and at facebook.com forward slash Sporting Life official